Welcome back to Where the F is My Village. This is Stephanie here. Hi, everybody. This is going to be a little bit different today because I'm alone. <laughs> um, Shelly and I didn't have time to put together a podcast this week because life is crazy. And um, we do have a plan going forward that I am really excited about. So hopefully we'll start releasing those episodes next Friday. I don't know about anybody else, but the end of the school year is kind of a nightmare. <laughs> it's really fun to see all of the cool stuff that kids have been doing at school. And I do enjoy going to all of the end of the year stuff, but I am getting so many emails and I'm sure you are too. Um, the beginning of the school year, I decided to make a new email address that was just for school emails. I really feel like a genius that I came up with this idea. <laughs> came up with this idea. Um, I think in the first week or 10 days of school, I counted and I had gotten 80 emails. Um, I have three children. That's a lot of emails for one person. And my husband and I have kind of a division of labor in the house. And school emails are firmly my department. <laughs> so I'm like reading all of them. And I can't tell you how many for the end of the year say, save the date or tentative. <laughs> my kids get out of school May 17th. So, um, like we can't, we can't be tentative right now. I need the actual date. I need the actual time that we are doing these things, especially because family might want to come trying to schedule work and see clients and get everything done. And I just want to be there. So tentative is rough. <laughs> so I have it on my calendar. Flexibility is the name of the game the last few weeks of school. And I feel like there's lots of little surprises and I'm completely worn out. And then I don't know why, but I feel like I did 5 million projects today. Garage cleaning and buying shelves to organize. <laughs> If I just have the right shelves, our garage will stay organized, right? The kids won't wreck the garage if we just have the right tubs and shelves. So we did a lot of that today. And my youngest wanted help with his closet. He inherited his brother's bedroom and his brother really wanted a hidey hole. So my husband took some wood and put together and basically where his bottom bar is remove the bar and turned it into a hidey hole with a door. So super cute. No one has really ever used it. It was really exciting the first weekend. So anyway, younger son inherited that bedroom. He's eight. He can't quite reach the top bar in his closet to get to any of his shirts and has put up with it for about a year. Um, but there were some tears this week because he was struggling to reach his clothes and he has a step stool in there. But you guys, like, I was like, should we just take the hidey hole down? 
So this morning I got out the drill and we unscrewed the whole thing and put his bar back up and got it all organized. So, and then the rest of his room was a mess and I'm pretty sure there were Christmas presents and laundry baskets that had never been put away. So I I'm so tired. I don't even know what we did today. So here's the thing about this podcast. I don't know where it's going, but I know why we're here. And why we're here is that people are coming out of the woodwork. I'm getting emails from people I don't know. I'm out in public and people are pulling me aside and telling me that they're listening. And it's really resonating with people. And I think it's resonating with people because raising children with tricky needs, with complex needs, is really isolating, right? Here's the thing. I'm, <laughs> I think like 95, 95% of the children <laughs> like have these complex needs. Um, it's the, I mean, does the whole world have ADHD? Because I feel like every other day I'm, people are rattling off either themselves or their family members um, that have ADHD or anxiety or other forms of neurodiversity. You know, I've had a couple of parents recently email me, you know, six or seven paragraphs of how they went through these journeys that I think tricky kid parents go through where they, you know, thought maybe something was different or off and they couldn't figure it out. And they've had a kid that's constantly dysregulated and they don't know what to do. And things in their household have been, you know, out of control and they've seen doctor after doctor and they have tried, you know, supplements and medication and parenting courses and various specialists. I just feel like it's significantly more common than we, we all think. And I'm really tired of the words, uh, neurotypical and like neurodiverse. I just, is, I feel like everyone is neurodiverse. Like, how are we labeling neurotypical? And I just feel like, is that because of like American rigidity? You know, because our school system is kind of unlike school systems that where people are flourishing in other parts of the world, right? I think we all know that um, Americans are constantly demanding more from their educators and they continue to put more on our little kids and they're getting, you know, 30 minutes of recess than 20. Now, I mean, I think some schools it's 15 minutes at this point and the kids are held to the standard of rigidity all day, um, where they need to sit still, listen, do worksheets, raise their hand, you know, be, uh, walk in line, be very quiet during lunch, um, to do all of these things. And you know what I think? I just think there's a very small percentage of kids that can do that without having some form of suffering. For me, I, I'm claustrophobic. Um, I think this relates to the fact that my oldest brother used to trick me into getting inside suitcases and laundry hampers by saying, I bet you can't fit in there. <laughs> and then I would be like, yes, I can. And then he would zip it shut. 
<laughs> so anyway, I'm a little claustrophobic. And what that is interesting about that is because I can feel claustrophobic even in a classroom that's nice and big, right? I would feel claustrophobic when I was a student because I knew I couldn't move. I knew I couldn't talk. I, I always thought I had like a test phobia, um, but I think I actually had a phobia of controlling my body long enough to take the ACT and sit there all day quietly, you know, following all these strict rules. Anyway, this is my new philosophy, guys. I by no means am an expert on any neurodiversity things besides what I've read, but I just feel like more and more and more children are showing that they can't handle the way the rigidity of the school system. And as a result, they, all of these issues are popping up and those issues might be there regardless, right? I mean, ADHD, I think the first time it was document documented by a doctor was a couple hundred years ago. So it's not like ADHD didn't exist. Um, but I just think we're asking too much of these little people. And then I also think there's this assumption that is a small minority that's struggling, that it's a, I just think everyone is neurodiverse. <laughs> this is my point. Like, I just think we're, I just think that everyone is more complicated than the system of how most schools are. I just think everyone's more complicated than that. They're more complicated than how school systems are set up. And I think in a lot of ways, parents are left holding the bag. Um, you know, I, I follow all these different like speech pathologists and therapists and things like that on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And they talk a lot about like post-school collapse. And, you know, if your kid falls apart after school on a regular basis, it's because they have used up all their self-control all day. And it's exhausting, right? It's exhausting to maintain focus for hours and hours and hours. You know, the other day I was thinking about how when I was in high school, I had, I took seven subjects a day and then had potentially seven subjects of homework in the evening. And I, I'm like, why? That's a lot of different, you know, in college, you're not allowed to take seven different classes at once. How are we absorbing any of this information? Or are we all just memorizing it? You take the test and you don't ever remember anything about Michelangelo or whatever. And don't get me started on homework. All the research shows is that homework is not beneficial, but so many parents and school leadership associate rigor with homework. And it's like, if your kid doesn't have, you know, one to three hours of homework every evening, are they even being challenged at school? And it's so interesting because we're teaching our children these incredibly unhealthy behaviors. Because if you are an adult that goes to work and does your job all day and is very busy and focused and taking care of your customers or projects or whatever. And then if you came home in the evening and, you know, ate a quick snack and then worked for three more hours, 
we would all think that's highly inappropriate, right? <laughs> hey, workaholic, maybe you should enjoy your life outside of work. But with kids, it's like, oh no, you get a quick snack and um, off to the books for you. So I completely disagree with that. Currently, my kids' school, if they get their work done in class, they don't have anything to do in the evenings. Um, one of my kids is really struggling with multiplication right now. So we are trying to work on math facts in our spare time. It's a nightmare. <laughs> so we're not doing very well at it. I sat him down today. I'm trying so hard to explain how multiplication works. Like that it's just a simplification of addition. And I sat there and like drew four cars instead of all of these cars need tires then you need four times four you know like going through all this stuff and I'm looking at him and I know I can read his mind because I remember being him and having an adult sit there and talk to me and go that this makes sense right like I'm explaining this to you and me being so overwhelmed by not understanding I think it's even worse in people um that have like perfectionism in them because you're sitting there going, I'm really good at all these other things and I am drowning in trying to understand algebra or understand multiplication. And, you know, for this particular kiddo, he doesn't have a whole lot of working memory. So being able to be told what's eight times three and just have it memorized is I don't know if it's going to happen. His therapist said it'll happen. It, he's just going to be a couple of years behind. And I'm like, well, but he's in fourth grade and needs to learn multiplication. All this to say, guys, that I am here talking to you tonight, even though I'm tired and I have a migraine, which I have not had one in a while, but I think I popped my neck <laughs> doing all this stuff today. I'm here coming to you because... I, people are telling me that it's important to hear from us so that they feel less alone. So I want you to feel less alone. I want you to feel like actually you are probably surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of parents who are also struggling and don't talk about it. I mean, I just think that's the bottom line. And the, all of the appointments are so overwhelming. I mean, right now I need a mammogram. I turned 45, so I need a colonoscopy, which I'm like, where am I going to put that in my life? Um, each of my kids needs to get their eyes checked. One of my kids has an, um, braces right now, so we have braces appointments. And I feel like there's also a million other things. And, you know, the fun of having a kid with ADHD is because it's controlled substance. They need to be seen by a doctor four times a year just to like check in. And the, the pediatrician also wants them to have a well check. That's five visits a year per kid. I used to have all of their stuff managed by our pediatrician, but one of my kids ended up on a you know, several different medications that were a little bit out of depth, you know, the depths of my pediatrician. So he goes to a psychiatrist now. It was a little bit easier when I could just take both of them. I mean, it was a nightmare when I took both of them. Um, 
two ADHD children in a small room waiting over a half an hour or whatever for the doctor to come in is a nightmare, right? But at least I only had to go one time. But now we have two different doctors for each kid. I do currently have their ADHD medication refilling on the same day. I feel very victorious when I can get that lined up because it's one less trip to the pharmacy. I thought I was a genius recently because I had the psychiatrist send in a 90-day supply of the ADHD medication and um, the pharmacy was going to fill it. They did fill it. But I had to sign for it. And guess what? I'm never home. So I had to go to the post office to pick up this medication, which was not easier. <laughs> that was not easier. Also, I was like, where is the nearest post office? Um, I don't spend a lot of time at the post office. So I guess my point is, is that I think more of us are completely overwhelmed than you think. And more of us are struggling to untangle their kids' individual needs. And it is ongoing. (laughs) I mean, my oldest today doesn't really have access to his devices right now. But he managed to spend his whole day in his room. Well, he slept until like 1.30, but... He comes downstairs. What have you been doing all day? Oh, I've been reading. What have you been reading? He rattles off the name of a book. And I just look at him and I think, that must be a really long book because you read all day yesterday too. And then I said, is your school Chromebook upstairs? And the look on his face, as a matter of fact, this it was out of a movie. He was in the kitchen filling his cup up with milk while I'm asking him and I'm putting the pieces together that he's probably been screwing around on his Chromebook and he is realizing I caught him and he's pouring the milk and I'm not even kidding guys it overflowed like the milk overflowed onto the cabinet went down the front of the kitchen island all over the ground and I was like is that really happening what (laughs) what are you doing and he's like oh Sorry. Um, yeah. So anyway, for the rest of his life, his Chromebook is going to stay in our office. I don't think he was looking at anything inappropriate, but for five hours, I think he was watching gaming videos, which is not the rules. That's not what we're supposed to be doing right now, right? We're supposed to not let our brains melt. We're supposed to be doing other things like reading or enjoying this beautiful day that we had. Anyway, the parenting sagas continues. And as... I'm like, I am sitting here and I cannot wait until school is out. I cannot wait until school's out. Um, but then in a couple months, I'm going to be desperate for, <laughs> for school to start again. Summer has so many pros and cons. Um, not that we, you know, the child care thing is a ton of fun. So we'll be managing that just like half the world, right? But um Anyway, we're just trying to make it. We're just trying to make it till the end of the year. And I, we have, you know, three or four weeks. And I'm just really hoping that my kids can make good decisions 
and good choices so that they get to go to this school again next year. <laughs> they aren't invited to leave. That's the thing about a private school is that if you have a tricky kid, now this one in particular is incredibly um, flexible. They practice restorative justice that we communicate really well. And I don't really have any issues with the way they handle um, issues with my kids when they make bad choices. However, I know there is a limit to what, like at a certain point, this isn't working out guys, right? Um, that's kind of where we were a few weeks ago. However, um, for the first time in a long time, I'm getting regular emails and texts from teachers telling me how great my kid is doing. He's being a good friend on the playground and working hard in the classroom is kind of the miracle you want to hear, right? I think we've got the anxiety meds figured out and it's making a humongous difference for this little guy. But anyway, I would feel better if school were over. I just knew we were like going to get a little break and come back next year. So counting down the days, appreciating you guys and your patience. I'd love to, I know we say this every week and I do hear from some of you, but I'd love to hear what you might want to talk to me about. I have an interview set up with somebody who is parenting a kid that plays lacrosse and football and the dad is really struggling with toxic masculinity in the environment and also he has a daughter and he tries to treat them equally while also trying to prepare her for the fact that when she leaves the house she will not be treated the same and then I have another interview I'm working on with a parent of a child with complex medical needs and how even in a major city if you need specialist appointments, it might be anywhere between a two to six or seven hour drive with a hotel stay. I mean, the expenses involved in managing these needs and then finding the right type of education and then even taking them out to the park and it being, it being inaccessible to your child. So um, plan on talking with her and then I'm just kind of continually working on new ideas and wanting to share what's going on in my life. And the main thing that's going on in my life is I'm just white knuckling it until school gets out. <laughs> just need school to be out. Just need a break and need the emails to stop for a little while. I have to come up with a new strategy for emails next year. I feel like it, the, even my, this is the only email address I give out strategy is not, is somehow not enough. So I don't know. I'd like need a personal assistant. I'll just put all the things on the calendar for me. I mean, because we've got tennis and then all the end of the year things. And anyway, it's just a lot. So I really appreciate everyone listening. I'm sorry. This is a little bit of a shorter episode. I hope I make sense because when I have a migraine, I often don't. And we will be back with you with more informative episodes soon. But if you're struggling right now to make it to the end of the school year, you are not alone. If you're sitting there thinking, God, something is up with my kid. What the hell is wrong with him or her or his doctor or 
if I get one more email from that teacher or he gets lunch detention again. Like if you're dealing with that, I mean, even just your kid getting lunch detention, I feel like there's just, you can't even say, yeah, he had lunch detention today. Um, there's all these secrets, but you know, like there are kids in lunch detention and there are kids who have, you know, after school detention or whatever. And I would argue that it's more common than not. Even I got detention when I was in middle school for talking. So, um, and I was fairly well behaved because I was terrified of misbehaving. (laughs) So if you feel alone, you're just not. I am more convinced every day that like all of us are neurodiverse and this whole neurotypical thing is a myth that some kids and people manage to claw their way through a school day and a successful school career. I have one kid that I think he'd make it like he'd make it through a typical rigid school. Um, I wouldn't say he was happy there, but I wasn't having to constantly manage that situation. I'm not saying it was great. So if your kid's having a hard time, if you're struggling to get them to do their schoolwork or memorize their spelling words or all the other things that we expect of them, I just, I promise you, it's everyone. It is literally all of us. And all of us have dropped our kids off at school lately and had to cry on our way to work (laughs) because it was so rough. So it's not just you. I love you villagers. I appreciate you listening and we will be back next week with a new episode. I hope to hear from you. Please send me an email or comment on Instagram or Facebook. Take care.